1: Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center.
2: Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So i want to read
3: this to you because we live in a state that has just gone with a statewide indoor mask mandate.
4: And there's actually Freaking more crazy. to it than that, which we ought to hit.
3: And, uh, and the, the trouble is that those of you who live in other parts of the country, it might be coming your way soon. And why have they reinstated the mask mandate for anyone indoors? Because of the number of COVID cases. Okay, well, the New York Times, of all places, has an op-ed today with two different doctors, Dr. Monica Gondi, Dr. Leslie Bynan, arguing that it is well past time to shift from cases to hospitalizations when it comes to assessing the state of the pandemic. A positive case of COVID-19 doesn't mean what it used to. If you are vaccinated, most breakthrough infections which will grow as the number of vaccinated people increases, so far remain mild. Although antibodies wane over time and may be affected by variants, and they talk about T-cells and B-cells, blah, 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 blah. Right now, in areas of high vaccination, an increase in cases does not signal a comparable increase in hospitalizations or deaths. So using the number of cases as a reason to institute emergency powers is stupid.
4: Especially and, because and there's the every in the endemic portion where it's going to be like the cold. It's going to be everywhere all the time, and it's the opposite of following the science.
3: Yeah, I I didn't think I'd get to live through something like this. Getting to see the the human nature of power grabs live out in my own country in my own lifetime, but I'm seeing it. It just you just like emergency powers because then you can do whatever you want. So you're going to stick with cases, even though scientists and doctors say, no, 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 that's not a good measure anymore. That doesn't that you you don't reinstitute a statewide mask ban because of cases. That makes no sense anymore. But they did it anyway.
4: Right. It's funny these emergency powers that we told you would become permanent or semi-permanent. appears that they have. Oh, I finally watched that uh, video you tweeted, Jack, the other day about the German police with these yeah. big, like, yardsticks making sure people were six feet apart. It looked like something out of Monty Python's Flying Circus. I heard some people <laughs> in the crowd, like, guffawing and, sh- and shouting right. uh, disparaging remarks in German. I oh, For those poor cops tasked with doing that, they had to think, oh, my God. I took this gig to help, to serve and protect, and now I'm yelling at people who are five and a half feet apart in public, outdoors. (laughs) Great. Anyway. uh, Go ahead. Uh, Along with the renewed mask rules in Cal Unicornia, where realism has gone to die, the state will also require that attendees at mega events, those of a 1,000 people or more who are unvaccinated, show proof of a negative COVID test taken within one day, if an antigen test, or two days for PCR tests. The state is also recommending that travelers get tested before and after trips. So if you're going to go from Bakersfield to Fresno, get yourself tested and have your papers with you.
3: Are you kidding me? Yeah, no. So, Billie Eilish just tweeted that she got the COVID and she's double vaxxed, and she's saying, "Well, she'd be a lot sicker if she hadn't gotten it," which is quite possibly true. And uh, she's saying, "So get the vaccination," which I only mentioned because I watched Saturday Night Live from my hospital bed on Saturday night with her as the host and musical guest, the rare twofer. I'm 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 too old for manufactured pop stars. I just the whole thing. The music's fine. I don't. I don't think she's not like an actual musician or whatever. But the remember when she hit on the scene? It was she is so anti-something <laughs> that she wears these baggy clothes or whatever. It just the whole ah, the whole made-up. I'm something unique,
4: making a statement about something. Right. <laughs> so listen just, to my pop songs. And then she goes from baggy clothes, don't even think about my body, that's not why I'm here, to, like, full-on sex pot. And people are like, oh, it's a new chapter. I don't know. You're right. You're too old and too bitter, and so am I. (laughs) You know what? Sing your songs. A good song is great. That's fine. If I like it, I like it. If I don't, I don't. I don't need to be manipulated into finding you fascinating. But, again, that's the age of hyperbole, including in the arts. When you're young, this is all new to you. So...
3: Madonna, Lady Gaga, Billie Eilish, whoever it is for your generation is somebody doing something outrageous and different and artistic. They aren't just like a 19-year-old good singer who came up with an angle. Shad app already. <laughs> 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 um,
4: You're man, a man whose this... gallbladder
3: betrayed him. You can't trust anything anymore. How many times, well you would know this better than any other human on Earth. How many times have I eaten a Bunch of bad food, bunch of donuts, fatty meal, deserted a giant steak, deserted, and
4: said, I feel like I'm going to die. How many times have you heard me say that? Equal to the grains of sand in the Sierra. The of the Sahara. That was a funny joke till I said Sierra instead of Sahara. Yeah, and I've actually told people. Uh, they've been like, how's it going? I've been saying, eh, it's kind of stressful. My, my partner's in the hospital and blah, blah, blah. And uh and, and the way I tell it is that, you know, every time he eats a greasy meal, he says, Oh my god, I felt like I was gonna die. And I'm like, he's funny, he's a very dramatic guy, you know, blah blah blah. But no, you actually felt like you were gonna die. And because you've yeah. only had your intestinal your, right. your internal organs, how did you know the rest of us don't feel like that? I thought that's what everybody felt like after they ate a big steak and you know, a piece
3: of pie. You, you know, felt like, my like stomach
4: feels burbly and you think I shouldn't eat that much. But that's about
3: it. I felt like I was going to die. It turned out it was, uh, my gallbladder has been shot for a very long
4: time, if it ever worked right. So when you said, I feel like I'm being stabbed with a red-hot poker, you actually felt like yeah. you are being stabbed with a red-hot yeah.
3: poker. That's right. That is absolutely yeah. right. Um, and as far as I can tell, I can eat whatever I want now um, and be fine. So hmm. so far, I've had no bad reaction. Um, what do you need the gallbladder for? Is that a trick by God?
4: or? Sounds Things like how far, how far have you pushed it? I mean, like I triple pushed pepperoni
3: pizza or anything? No, 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 no. God, they, that scares the hell out of me. Yeah, I haven't pushed it even <laughs> close to that hard. But I had like a bite of a candy bar the other day just to see what happened. Uh.
4: Nothing happened. I don't know much about gallbladder removal diets, so I don't know if a candy bar ought to be a problem or not. I don't it's know. all I, I, mostly I, I about dealing fat.
3: with fat. Fat, yeah. Candy bars yeah. got fat in it, so it's mostly okay. about dealing with fat. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I, I got to admit, I'll probably take a bite of pizza at some point in the near future and wait and see what happens.
4: Yeah, I'm a fan of the Lardy Way bar. It's like a Milky Way, but with uh, hog fat in it. It's really Lardy pretty way. good. Lardy <laughs> Way. Yeah.
3: So That's I didn't, my
4: favorite.
3: I kind of wondered about, so when they take an organ out, so there's a space there, what happens? And uh, And so I asked one doctor, and he said, well... Your organs have to, like, slowly over time, like, rearrange and kind of, you know, there's different spaces and stuff like that, so they just kind of find a new way to fit together. So, interesting. So that's some of the discomfort that goes on if you get your appendix out or your you lose a kidney or uh, whatever it is, is your, your insides are rearranging because it's got, you know... Yes, Michael? So your heart might be at your hip? My heart, I think, is right. Like
4: it's rather well connected to various uh <laughs> tubes it's probably in place, but you know i'd I'd beware though this is uh, this reminds me a great deal of the post World War one era both in Europe and in the Middle East, in which the new lines the new borders, if you will, were drawn haphazardly and it led to yes. greater war yes, exactly. I mean, yeah, if so- your liver feels like your intestines are cheating it, who knows. So I'm upright, like doing the show right
3: now, and feeling not that great. And then uh, about an hour ago, I laid down. As soon as I laid down, it was just like, ah, all my stuff slid back into place after four <laughs> days of laying down, thinking, this is where we belong. Yeah. So I got to get my organs used to, uh, you know, my kidneys probably yelling at my liver. Hey, yeah, squashing me over here. You move. I'm not moving. I was here
4: first. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, wow. How strange. I never thought oh. about that before. So you have to get used to being upright for a while. Plus, yeah. you know, the new uh, territorial uh, agreements. Yeah, fighting for supremacy. Liver probably wants to be close to the heart. Your pancreas is to... on a reservation.
3: Nobody wants to be next to the colon. You go sit next to the colon. I'm not sitting next to the colon.
4: You know what he does? <laughs> you know
3: what he's full of?
4: All right, welcome to medical talk.
3: <laughs> Just the sort of thing I'd never thought about before yeah um, I know it. so a medical procedure is abortion which the Supreme Court has taken a look at supreme uh the New York Times has got a really interesting article today that should calm people down i think around the whole argument a lot Some st- st- some statistics that everybody should know whoever engages in this conversation that would take some of the edge off I would think um we could hit you with that with a number uh, among another hmm Let me try the whole sentence again. We can hit you with that, among a bunch of other things that we can talk about coming up.
1: Armstrong and Getty. The
0: Armstrong and Getty Show. Elon Musk is Time
3: Magazine's Person of the Year. In response to this, Jeff Bezos just bought Time Magazine. I get it. So, I missed it. Darn it. I wasn't paying attention. No, it's was the funniest thing
4: I've ever heard in my life.
3: Elon <laughs> Musk is Time Magazine's Person of the Year. In response to this, Jeff Bezos just bought Time Magazine. I get it. Battle of the billionaires. Envy, don't you know? Um, I think Elon Musk is a good choice. I think he was as dominant a human being on the planet Earth as uh, anybody else I could think of for the last year.
4: Plus, he's the wackiest, richest guy on Earth in human history. Or, you know, he's among the richest guys on Earth. I mean, and and not only is he wacky, sometimes in good ways, sometimes bad, but he's he's pushing the bounds of of space travel, even as he, he does his Tesla thing. His brain chip company could bring mobility to the paralyzed, I mean, it's just innovating and pushing the boundaries in all sorts of directions. Fascinating guy, I think.
3: Yep. Um, As we all know, the Supreme Court uh, heard oral arguments around an abortion case that could change a lot of abortion laws across America. Um, And they'll probably let us know those results come June. But the New York Times is out with a good piece today on how, in reality, even if they do, the supposed... Scary thing that progressives have been telling us about for years. It may cause less than 2% of current abortions to become illegal. Wow. How is that possible? I will explain. Which you would think, if that's uh, if you buy into the math on this, would be no reason for people to be screaming and yelling at each other about how we now live in the handsmaid's tale or something else. So, um, the... Argument is around whether or not abortion should be legal after 15 weeks. Currently, in a lot of places in America, you can get an abortion, Geez, practically clear up to the end, and it's just a horror. And almost no Americans agree with that, as we pointed out over and over again. Look at the Gallup polling. Even majority, majorities of Democrats don't like second and third trimester abortions. So at 15 weeks, well, according to statistics, only 4% of abortions happen after 15 weeks anyway. Only four percent of abortions happen after fifty weeks. So if you if you curtailed it to week, do you have to get an abortion before fifteen weeks? It wouldn't affect very many people, right? I mean, those of you who really, really hate abortion are still uh, really troubled by that. But um, just in terms of the law having an impact on America, it's not quite as dramatic as uh, as you've been heard by people screaming at you on television. You combine that with the fact that the portrait also shows that nearly two-thirds of abortions, and this is interesting culturally, two-thirds of abortions happen in states that President Biden won last year. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Now, he won the most states because he's president of the United States now. But it would lead you to believe that those states, if they're left to vote for their own abortion rules, are going to allow abortion to happen, probably. And that's just true.
4: I think that's a safe assumption, yeah.
3: Yeah, those facts going together mean that a that a narrow ruling upholding the Mississippi law would likely cause less than 2% of current abortions to become illegal nationwide.
4: Yeah, I'm noodling that through. Um, so did you say it's 4% roughly happened after 15 weeks? Correct. And then you've got to assume that all of those blue states... Would have at least as permissive abortion laws as there are now. So yeah, I mean it would eliminate practically no abortions whatsoever and yeah. yet less y- than two percent you see the, the the gals marching keep your hands off my body, my body, my choice, blah blah blah, all that stuff over virtually nothing.
3: Yeah, it's it's weird that um, it, it hasn't been as hot a topic as a lot of people thought it would be. It hasn't been as hot a topic as it has been my entire adult life. I don't know if people just intuitively understand this or, or what. But such a ruling would not affect the vast majority of abortions in America. And that's an interesting take from the New York Times, and I statistically I just think it's accurate. So there you have it. You know, I wonder, I'm just
4: trying to noodle us through because you're right. It's, uh, it's remarkable the extent to which this has gone from a an explosive issue that everybody's engaged in, too. It's hard to even get to raise a temperature, you know? And yeah. I wonder if part of it is, you know, honestly, it's not been a big political issue um, in this way, anyway, since Roe v. Wade. And so, really, anybody over 35? 40, has heard the, it's going to be the handmaid's tale. It's an oppression. Women will blah, 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 over and over and over again. And no matter who gets elected, no matter who gets on the Supreme Court, none of that stuff ever happens. And so maybe it's just to the point where you got to recruit college girls and convince them that they're about to be put into some sort of patriarchal handmaid's nightmare if Judge Kavanaugh gets on the court, and those are the only people you can convince to, to show up and scream into a bullhorn, because everybody else thinks, oh, for God's sake, this again. I just wonder. Are we really only 11 days from Christmas?
3: That's a. Uh, I missed a week being in the hospital. I don't feel like I'm ready. Oh, my God. Oh, I know I'm not. I got one kid who I, who's still a, a big Santa fan. Uh, if you know what I mean. And um, I think this is almost certainly the last year of me having any kids that are full on board Santa fans. And so I don't want to, you know, let this last one not be um, magical.
4: Sure. Of course.
3: So got to get on my horse here. Make sure things work out the way they're supposed to work
4: out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm five days away from my wife's birthday and it's one of the biggins. And uh, and she uh, she doesn't want anything. I good feel like I, I need to make a grand a gesture good. or something.
3: That makes a, her a
4: good, solid, balanced human being. I've actually contemplated you're gonna you're gonna drum me out of the Armstrong and Getty show for this. I've actually contemplated the car with the red ribbon on top. Really, of, in the drive for someone for someone who says they don't want anything. Well, no, I see, because uh, she talks about uh, She's got a fairly old car. I said, well, sweetheart, oh. we, could, we can afford it. I mean, we can get you a good used car, a new car, whatever. Eh, let me think about it. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be nice. Eh, probably not. Okay. So, I don't know. What, a big diamond? What's she going to do with that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I just don't know. I'll love her the best I can. Maybe that's all I can do.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
0: This episode is made possible by PWC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com.
5: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.
2: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: Uh, New FDA-approved eye drops just uh, hit the market that provide better vision for up to 10 hours, and they could replace reading glasses
5: for millions of Americans. You know, some guy's going to be like, I bet if I use the whole bottle, I'd be seeing Mars.
3: <laughs>
5: yeah. Now when you notice someone putting in eye drops, you can play the fun new game, Reader or Stoner. It's cool. It's fun. <laughs> 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 mm.
3: So that, that, if that turns out to work consistently, that'd be awesome. That'd just be awesome. I hate reading glasses. I've got a pair on my head, a pair hanging off my pocket, a pair in my bed, a pair in my counter. I got like 15 pair on my house. Mm-hmm. Every time I need to look at anything, I can't see it. That'd be, yeah, that'd be fantastic. Something.
4: Yeah, put a couple of drops in your eyes. All of a sudden, you can read. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, cool. yeah. It's a great time to be alive. So our theme of this segment is uh, science, technology, and personalities coming together to bring us something or other. Uh, we uh, <laughs> it's a rough draft, obviously. Um. So uh, the, the Elon Musk thing reminded me. I'd meant to bring this up. Um, but it was just a, it was several days ago Joe Biden gave a speech and it talked about uh, you go home with them to bring you to the dance, blah blah blah, to the unions. Um, and then uh, Paulo writes, this is the dictionary definition of crony capitalism, an economic system characterized by close, mutually advantageous relationships between business leaders and government officials. Putting our money where his mouth is, Biden's build-back Bolshevik thing includes a boost for union-made electric vehicles. If enacted, the bill would provide a $7,500 tax credit for consumers who purchase electric vehicles through 2026, uh, beginning 7, the following year.
3: 7500
4: Yeah. Only purchase of elect- purchases of electric vehicles made in the U.S. qualify for the credit, and the base credit goes up by $4,500 if the vehicle is made at a U.S. plant that operates under a union-negotiated collective bargaining agreement. Only plants owned against GM, Ford, and Stellantis, Nevada, currently qualify.
3: Yep, there's the bias against Tesla. Tesla is the only electric vehicle thus far in the history of electric vehicles that's made a dent at all. In any of this stuff they care about, and they still go out of their way to punish Tesla. Get, that sh- that you, what that tells me is climate change is an existential, existential threat. Jack, no joke, no malarkey. It's an existential threat. Our children will die on this hot planet. You don't care about it enough to allow Tesla... The only electric car company that's actually ever made a, made any progress, you won't let them participate. That's how much you believe
4: global warming is an existential threat. What a bunch of freaking phonies! Well, and it's just directly redistributing your income to their union buddies who turn out to vote for them. That which is what's so disgusting about it, which they care about more
3: it. about obviously than global warming.
4: Bingo. Right. Right. At the same time it's reported that and uh this has been confirmed Tesla employees get health insurance stock and are paid more than many unionized auto workers. But uh, that's irrelevant. That's not what it's about. It's about rewarding uh political cronies. Speaking of tech geniuses, so uh, I went to a Christmas like cocktail party last night. Uh Judy and I did in the neighborhood. Uh, met some of our neighbors uh, who we uh, you know wave to and stuff but didn 't know it's it 's really good the the hood we 're in now people try to get to know each other um and and it was, so I met one of my neighbors who I just chatted with very very briefly the guy 's d- d- brilliantly smart he's a uh he 's in the medical part of tech he 's got a lot of interesting hobbies it just really enjoyed my chat with him. He was wearing those wacky shoes that have the individual toes that like were super hot <laughs> in the running world for a while. That's right. the only I, shoes I, he'll wear. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And he swears by it. And so he's totally into this. I asked him about it. And, and, and he reads a lot, too. But a couple of questions for you. Well, human beings have a couple of anatomical features that are distinct from apes that that make us very, very different. Thumbs is the obvious one. Uh, second thing is, we have a tendon in the back of our neck that stabilizes our I don't our have heads. a tail. <laughs> do you have a tail? I don't have a tail. That's that's not really the notable thing, okay? Um, whether you had a tail or not, you know how apes walk? They swing their heads back and forth. If you're going to do the monkey walk, that's part of it. Humans and dogs and horses have that head-steadying uh uh you know tendon that's that's mildly interesting but then he hits me with this um and, and the big thing about those shoes is they don't have arch support because your feet are uh, supposed yeah. to like grip and and if you have quote unquote arch arch support those muscles atrophy and and they're terrible that's right. it's terrible that's for why it.
3: i have plantar fasciitis mm. buying good shoes with high with good arch support has been one of the worst things that human beings have done for feet over the last 50 years
4: Okay, so you're into this, huh? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So one of the other things he hits me with, he says, what animal can run the farthest, not the fastest, but the farthest, at a decent pace, trotting, whatever? Um, Jackalopes. Not jackalopes, actually. Human beings. Human beings can. And he he cites these tribes in Africa from the time they're little kids. Barefoot, they run for hundreds of miles. They run and they run and they run, which is why, you know, Kenyans and Ethiopians are so good at at marathons. Um, But he points out, yeah, they would just trot after antelopes dozens and dozens of miles. Finally, the antelope would be kill me. Just kill me. (laughs) Kill me. And so he's totally into the natural running thing. Uh, and the natural feet, he actually doesn't run anymore. He's, you know, getting on in years. He's not an old guy, but he's getting into middle age. Um, but he's totally into this. Really, uh, uh, like, it was uh, asking somebody about their religion or or whatever. Asking a gamer about, our uh, video games do it look like fun. All of a sudden, he bursts into enthusiasm. He can't wait to talk about it. He cited yeah, so, this book by somebody called Born to Run. I'll bet you you're aware. Of oh yeah, yeah that
3: that's a that's a huge huge influential book. Yeah, I buy into it. It's just that I learned about it too late to like try to change it around, and and I haven't committed to it enough to uh, to not send my kids down the same path. But we're designed to walk around barefoot. Well, so at first at first I got plantar fasciitis when I was like 41 uh, years old, and I went to the doctor. Oh, I just I had such heel pain. It feels like heel pain. I went to the doctor, and, and uh, he said it was plantar fasciitis. I said I was walking around barefoot. I said, he said, you're too old to walk around barefoot. Um, and I thought, how oh. could that? What, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but so if you wear, sh- you know, all modern shoes, especially tennis shoes, have arch in them. Like I'm wearing Nikes right now that have a pretty high arch in them. Our feet are designed to deal with that arch on its own and the muscles stay strong throughout our lives. But we start wearing shoes, they don't need those muscles don't need to do anything. They atrophy to nothing. And then if you walk around barefoot on a hard surface, it just rips apart your feet. Well plantar fasciitis is what occurs. Ah. That's why NBA players used to be able to play in Chuck Cons. They could play in those those Chuck Taylor shoes with no arch support whatsoever and play an entire NBA game because they grew up with shoes like that. Right, Bill Russell could play an entire NBA game as a 35 year old and not end up in excruciating pain. No modern NBA player could do that because you've grown up with high arch support shoes. Wow, well, so big shoe has crippled us as Correct. a species. Well, yeah, it makes big it more arch. comfortable because it makes it more comfortable because it's like. Okay, now I don't, I'm not having to use my muscles here. This is comfortable, but it, it does you harm. And It's like, uh, they discovered that those things that you wrap around your waist and pull tight, like if you worked at UPS or something like that, that gave you so much back support, did you more harm than good? Because now your back muscles don't have to do anything and you, absolutely
4: your back muscles atrophy and you end up with more back problems. Wow, well that's why I wear Spanx. I mean I'm tired of sucking in my gut, so I've been, you know, replied on the gentle caress of lycra and uh <laughs> and, and spandex. Um but you're but saying I'm the- atrophying
3: my muscles, huh? I just decided at forty one it's too long to try to build back up my feet muscles over the rest of my life by wearing the toe shoes. But if you did that all the time, like a lot of a lot more women than men. Go around in flip-flops all the time, so you can keep that strength of your arches going, and you know, you'll know you be fine. Or you can wear the, I find, pretty jivey toe shoes, if you want to.
4: Mm. Mm. Well, he's a nice fella. I wasn't going to say anything about it. They were oh, the object of some of, attention.
3: I got a couple of friends who are really nice guys who wear the toe shoes, and I try not to look at their feet. You know,
4: I was going to ask him, though. I, I get the arch thing, but the individual toes... I mean, why can't your toes just be, like, next to each other? That I don't know. Because, you know, if you're running around uh, barefoot in Africa, you don't have anything between your toes, except the dust of the Sahara. So he runs in those things? Well, he used to. Now he just, that's the only thing he wears, shoe-wise. Interesting. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, if I did that, I'd be crippled in, like, two days. Don't
3: just buy the, the book guys. Born
4: to Run, though. Make sure it's not the one about Bruce Springsteen, because if you go looking for the running book, you get the Bruce Springsteen story, or really vice versa. You're going to be totally unsatisfied.
3: You get to the uh, very last chapter of Born to Run, yeah, and
4: uh, the saxophone player dies, and you still don't know anything right. about art support. Or ultimately, you read and you read and you read not a single word about Miami Steve Van Zandt. <laughs> you're like, when does this start? When does Bruce play Asbury Park? I don't get this. (laughs) Anyway,
3: why is this book so popular? (laughs) Clearly, got the wrong book is what happened there. We will
0: finish strong. It's our thing next.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
0: This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead upskill your workforce use intelligent automation and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes explore the human-led tech-powered solutions that help you thrive it's all part of the new equation learn more at thenewequation.com.
5: the big take from bloomberg news brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world western nations like the u.s and europe
1: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: I don't do oh, no way. I
4: had
3: one. I had one. Go, Go
5: in. Go
4: that's noted big, fat, drunk golfer John Daly holding a shot one-handed with a drink in his hand at some sort of exhibition for a bunch of hooting rednecks or so it sounded. Would, uh, would I be correct, because I haven't been on a golf
3: course, geez, in decades now, would I be correct that you could have finished that first part of the sentence with many, many, many millions of names? Big, fat, drunk
4: golfer. Oh, <laughs> well... Multiple major championship winner, fat golfer, drunk John Daly. Yeah, but there are so quite a, a few different. fat,
3: drunk golfers. Oh please, are you kidding? Of course, there's a lot of fat,
4: drunk, everything. Well, right. I don't know why you're picking on golfers. Yeah, yeah. Do so I, yeah I don't actually. You know, I've I've played with people who who chip one handed because it's just too easy to get a little squirrely, and, ah, and all of a sudden you blade <laughs> the ball. It goes forty yards. Straight across the ground. I've done it myself. I've done that before Trust myself. Me. Yeah.
3: Um, uh, we have kind of breaking news here. Marco Rubio, Republican; Jim McGovern, Democrat. Senators have reached a compromise on the final legislative text of the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act. Oh, as it says here, still awaiting details, but a major breakthrough in a popular bill many feared would never make it to Biden's desk. So, what is that? Is that the uh, is that the idea that any Product that includes Uyghur forced labor in the making of the product, we will not allow in the United States.
4: I I haven't followed the story, but I suspect, yeah, it's something very much like that. The import of any product with any component, blah, 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 forced Uyghur labor will be illegal. Yeah. Yeah. It's like ivory or, you know, any other slave labor product. Fantastic. Yeah, I like that. Again, I don't know. I'm not really up on that story. I have no idea the specifics of it, but I like the spirit of it. I mean, look, we need to come to to terms with the fact that we're doing enormous amounts of business. Our stores are chock full of uh, products from an evil, totalitarian, slave-holding, torturing, systematic, raping, concentration camp running monster regime. China!
1: I saw some
2: country...
3: I saw some country yesterday as disappointed, like a good country that uh, is not going to join in the diplomatic boycott. I don't remember who it was that still wants to cozy up to China somehow, uh, hmm. not get on board. Don't trust China! With the yeah. Olympics coming up here in a few weeks.
4: Yeah, I, I wonder. I'd like to know more about that. I mean, because there are various reasons they might not, mostly being just financial they got a lot of business going. Of course, China's just been brilliant. You got to admit, they're like an arch villain. You got to understand. Tsung Tzu, a, China's, a Chinese general himself, told us it's critical to know your enemy and to respect his strengths. But one of their strengths is they get you on the hook. They're like mobsters. They put you in a position where you owe them a favor, and then you're screwed. Man, they do it around the world with a Belt and Road thing. They get you in their debt, and all of a sudden your port isn't making the revenue they said it would, and you owe them $3 billion. All of a sudden, you are in the grip of the Chinese mobsters.
3: Plus, it's all of their software and everything that runs all this stuff, and if they ever decide to just shut her down for military reasons or uh,
4: extortion reasons or whatever, they can just shut the whole thing down. That's right, yeah, yeah. I keep forgetting about that. They have kill switches in the giant power plant they built for you. Oh, and they yeah. might kill it if you st- you know get squirrely about the Olympics, by the way.
3: Uh, here are two headlines that are out today, uh, just recently. Putin has called for immediate talks with NATO and the U.S. over Russian security. We'll see what that means. Putin and G to discuss aggressive U.S. rhetoric tomorrow.
4: What does that We're being mean? Too
3: aggressive. We're being too aggressive in our rhetoric.
4: Discuss anything you want. I don't put up press statements when I'm going to get together with somebody and talk to him. Armstrong and Getty to discuss tomorrow's show. Well, yeah, of course we are. Yeah, I just, yeah, shut up is right. <laughs> we need more of that in diplomacy. When old uh, Anthony Blinken's up there at that uh, meeting in, uh, where was it, uh, Canada or Alaska or wherever it was, and all of a sudden the Chinese start chewing him out, he should have said, hey, shut up. <laughs> It's underrated as a technique. <laughs> you, The guy with the glasses. What's his name? The assistant foreign minister. We got to, hey, Blinky. Shut up. <laughs> I don't like to hear that. Shut it? up. I don't think the blinker has it in him, though. Whatever happened to him? Is he still doing a job? You don't hear from him much. He strikes me as a man with no testicles. <clears> hmm. <throat> <clears> hmm. <throat> <clears throat> <clears throat>
3: I don't mean metaphorically. I, don't th- I think he has no
4: nards. No, we understood. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> That's how he strikes you. I said final. You say thoughts. Final. Thoughts. Final. Thoughts. I'm right Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought out of everybody to wrap things up for the day. There he is, our technical director, pushing buttons in the control room, Michelangelo. Michael, final thought.
3: I've been fascinated
5: the whole show by the idea of Jack's organs being able to move around. I was just thinking, (laughs) if you jumped up and down, would you, you I mean, is there a way that you could put your stomach near your throat or,
3: you know, something, just change your whole body? Yeah, well, I got an empty space in there, and it's got to fill in somehow. I think I've stood on my head, my liver's leaning on my heart. I don't know what happens. Have your lungs
4: switch positions. Your left lung says, wow, it's weird over here. Everything's backward. Young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. Uh, Alex, do you have a final thought for us? I
3: do. I took place in a piece of A&G folklore yesterday. I went to the mall, did some Christmas shopping, had a very big meal, a succulent Chinese meal, if you will. Mm. Went home, my fiancé made a big pot of stew, and I ate a big bowl of that. I had a bang-bang, as Jack calls them. Oh. A bang-bang. You did the two meals of different kinds back-to-back. Within an hour. You might want to keep an eye on your gallbladder. Just to... feel it now. Yeah, there you go. Wow, it's crying out for mercy. Jack, a final thought for us? I will reread this text we got earlier in the show, as Joe had to do the sol- show- solo much of the last week as I was in the hospital. Somebody texted, Joe Getty is one of the great American orators. We are very lucky to
4: listen to Joe. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, Golly. Oh, that's right. My final thought is, and I'm not sure I mentioned this on the air. Baxter's recovering from his cancer surgery. We haven't gotten the labs back yet. We don't know exactly what's going on. But he doesn't have the cone of shame on. He has a shirt. It's like a onesie a baby has that covers up the incision and everything. So he can't, like, lick at it. It'd be tough anyway because it's kind of his throat chest. But no cone of shame. What a leap forward for dogs. Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm unaware of this. Cool. Yeah, it's kind of a tight pressure shirt thing, but it keeps everything clean and, and dry, and he can't access it, and he doesn't bang into doorways every time right. he tries to go anywhere.
3: Right. That's much better. Yeah. Armstrong and Getty
4: wrapping up out of the grueling four-hour workday. So many people, so little time, but uh, so many people to thank. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can uh, get some fabulous A&G swag, shirts, T-shirts, uh, et cetera. You can download the podcasts if you missed part of the show, and... If there's something we ought to be talking about, send it along. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. We will see you tomorrow. God bless America. It's over! Let me say, let me say one thing. LGB!
0: Yay! How's that? Point of personal privilege. Um, the um Mr. Uh, uh, no.
3: He's speaking a word from his teeth hole, like a splat.
5: You can be confident that the people running this business are not back. That-
4: crazy
3: so let's go out with a bang And all my, my all my ass fat is gone so i just got my bones <laughs> resting against the chair my bony bums okay <laughs> thank you all very much
4: armstrong and getty
1: imagine you ask two people the same seven questions i'm mini driver and this was the idea i set out to explore in my podcast mini questions this year we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions including courtney cox rob delaney liz fair and many many more Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.
5: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world.
2: We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters.